Uh, if you're visiting uh, Destiny today, God bless you. We're glad you're here. If it's your first time, please feel relaxed and at home. We're a crazy bunch of regular people who love Jesus and love life and just believe that God's got a purpose and assignment for us all. Here at Destiny, we're saved by the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. We are, we, we are motivated by the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And we are sent out to serve our generation with the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Right across this community, God has placed you in a strategic position to bring his light, his life, and his increase. And I pray you are enjoying your ministry and your service to the Lord wherever you are planted. Somebody said, amen. That's good. Last week, we started a whole new series titled Position for Promotion. I want to continue with that uh, theme this morning and next week and the week after that. And we've got five sessions in this, in this topic, in this, uh, in this series today. And I just believe with all of my heart that God wants his church to be positioned in a place of influence. I believe that God has given to us a voice to speak. He's given us a power and authority and anointing to use. Our light is not to be, ho- not to be hidden under a bushel or it's not supposed to be um, pushed into a corner or silenced. God wants you to rise up and shine and he wants you to lead. So God's positioning his people in prominence. You say, David, I, I'd rather take the back seat. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. If you don't step up, who will? Because somebody will always step into the vortex and the void of where there is no leadership. Someone is going to rise to the top. And do we want those people to be people who are filled with the love and kindness of Jesus Christ or something far less? Because be assured, there will always be a voice speaking into our generation. And like Adam, I'm not trying to be political here this morning in any way. But I believe the church must find its voice. The church must find its ability to speak, to lead, and to influence. God's positioned you exactly where He wants you to be. He knew the boundaries of where you would live. He actually knew where you'd be right now. Before I preach the word to you this morning, Adam, you reminded me of a word Holy Spirit was speaking into my heart as I prepared for the day. Somebody here, or maybe you're listening by the broadcast, but you've said this week, God, you feel like you're a million miles away. I'm not sure who that is, but I want you to know that Father hears the cry and the ache of your heart. He really does. And he's closer than hands or feet or breathing, the scripture says. Just open your heart to him and wherever you are at, whatever's going on in your world, just know this, that the Lord is reaching out towards you. And who knows, it might be one of us this morning that actually touch you with the love of God, that give you the embrace of Jesus and say, he's with you, you're not alone. You're not alone. God is not a million miles away. He's right there with you. He really is. So be blessed today. There's a scripture I want to draw your attention to. It's in Psalm chapter 75, verse 6 and 7. It says, it doesn't come from the east. It doesn't come from the west or from the south. Promotion lifting up is actually a result of God's judgment. It's actually a result of God's justice. It's actually a result of God getting involved in the process. Look what it says here. It says that he lifts up somebody, and he puts down another. So David, you're getting it all wrong. Look what the scripture says. I'm giving you what the scripture says, but listen to it again. Help and and hope and promotion is not human. It's not of human origin. 
People you see are jostling around for political position, jostling around for stature and, and recognition. All of that are just the kingdoms of men. But God's got a purpose, and He wants to lift up somebody. And I'm praying that somebody's you. Thanks, honey. I'm praying that that somebody is you. Yeah? Because it doesn't come from the east, nor from the west, not even from the south promotion comes. But promotion and lifting up, God is judge. Yeah? He puts down one, and He lifts up another. Let's go to the next scripture. I'm not sure what it is. Oh, yes, it's this book that I saw ages ago. And it just got my attention going, well, well, what kind of qualities? I'm not preaching this book, but the book title got me thinking, and that's the seed thought for this message. What kind of attributes and attitudes would we need to possess to find ourselves on that rising platform of opportunity and influence? So that's what a scripture is about. Here's another scripture for you. In Jeremiah chapter 28, it says, The Lord will open to you His good treasure. Don't you like the sound of that? The Lord will open to you His good treasure. You will lend to many nations. I like the sound of that. But you shall not borrow. Who wants to be in that kind of position? You, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Yeah? He will set you above only and not beneath. This is the heart of God for His church, for His people. It was then. It was then and it is now. This is the heart of God. And it's the heart that Sharon and I carry because we want to see God's people rise up and fulfill their potential. Your potential is the gift that, you, that God gave to you. The gift that you give to God, the gift that you give to your generation, the gift that you give to your family is what you do with your potential. Please don't, please don't be, don't be um, lulled or, or seduced into giving Jesus a maybe when he deserves a yes. Jesus is worth more than a maybe. He's worth a yes. He's worth a resounding yes. When he calls, and he's calling all of us because we are saved and called, as Ephesians says, when he calls, it's not, our response can never be, yeah, maybe, maybe. And I fear, I fear some of us have actually got a heart position that just says, well, I could take it or I could leave it or I could get back to it later. Now, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeing whose heart is loyal, whose heart's in the ready position so that he might show his favor, his grace, his power upon their lives. If we ever needed the church to rise up and shine, I reckon it'd be about now. And so I believe that God wants to promote his people. Am I just trying to get you wealthier? No, but I definitely want to get you into a place of influence. I'd rather you speaking words of life in your context than somebody else speaking words of death. I'd rather you speaking words of victory than someone else speaking words of defeat. I'd rather you have the platform where you could influence and bring hope instead of hopelessness. Yeah? I'd rather you be able to give direction rather than part of the confused mob and crowd that our generation seems to be becoming. Can I get a witness here this morning? So that's why I'm preaching this message to you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. That's his heart. God is not stingy. He's not closed-handed, close fist. The Bible says that he opens his hand and he feeds every living thing. All living things give me a wave. He's got a feed for you. He's got a, he's got a feeding program for you. Yeah? Let's cooperate with him. All right, let's get on to number one from last week. Just a quick revision. Number one, present yourself well. Take care of how you look. Yeah? 
don't need to go overboard, but take care of how you look. Make sure you get the lettuce out of between your teeth before you turn up to work in the morning. Just present yourself as good as you can. They've got these new inventions called toothbrushes. Amazing things. They've got the, these, these things in a can called deodorant. Absolutely amazing. Present yourself well. Number two, cultivate a positive attitude at... Oh, that's hard, Lee. Isn't that hard? Isn't that hard? <laughs> but don't you like being around people who are pleasant? Who's attracted to grumpy people? <laughs> Sir, you should not have raised your hand with your wife sitting so close. That is a bold and brave man right there. I noticed you didn't do that, Wayne. Cultivate a positive attitude at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. Number three, be dependable, yeah? Be reliable. Be faithful. Be the person that if you say you're going to be there, you're there. And if you can't, you phone. You text. You say, hey, I'm running a few minutes late, but I'll be there. Number four, the strong work ethic. I got it right this morning, family. Number five, above all, be honest. Honesty is not the best policy. It's the only policy, right? You're not smart enough to be a liar. You are not smart enough to be a liar. You know, when you lie, you've got to keep on lying because a lie is such a weak thing. It can never stand on its own. Only the truth can stand on its own. But a lie has got to be supported with a few other lies. And then it all starts to crumble and fall apart, right? Be a person of honesty, integrity, and truth. That was last week. And if you missed it, you can watch the broadcast on YouTube. Uh, here we go this morning. Number six. You with me? It's on your notes this morning. Number six. Um, demonstrate initiative. Demonstrate initiative. If the boss is looking for someone to promote, I guarantee these 10 things are subconsciously in the back of her mind or the back of his mind. They're thinking about who can I look to elevate and take on a position of supervisor or move up in responsibility. If I've got to lay off somebody and I'm going to keep somebody, he's going to be, she's going to be looking for these kinds of people. Yeah, Number six, demonstrate initiative. Initiative is where you take action. Take action. Have a go. Just have a go. Don't let fear stop you from trying. What's the worst that could happen? Well, you could fail and you'd be like just the rest of us, you know. But demonstrate initiative. Put forward an idea. Step out. Don't sit around waiting, but move forward into the possibilities. What could happen? I want to position you for a promotion and you've got to take this to heart. In Matthew chapter 3, 13, verse 3. The Bible says that a sower went out to, well, that's natural, isn't it? Isn't that natural? Because that's what sowers do. It doesn't say a sower went out to build. It says a sower went out to sow. And yet all of us have got a God-given grace and a God-given ability, and we find ourselves paralyzed by fear and sitting on our proverbial hands because, well, if we stepped out and we made a mistake, if I shared my faith, would that offend somebody to a point where they'd never receive Christ? What a lie that is. So you believe God can raise Jesus from the dead, but he can't get someone who's offended at your sloppy attitude or your, your poor attempt at sharing your faith. What a lie. Don't believe that lie. A sower went out to sow. Take the initiative, go out. But the conditions aren't right. The paddock's not perfect yet. Just take the initiative. Go out and sow. Do what God's put in your hand to do. There's some people here today and there's some dreams starting to stir up in your heart. You're just waiting for the green light. I'm giving you the green light. 
live on green, live on go. Just believe that God has set the world before you. In fact, he has. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, should I go here or should I go there? Should I do this? This is great theology. You ready for it, John? Have a go, you mugs. Just have a go. You never know. You just might succeed. Demonstrate initiative. Come up with creative ideas. Find a way to move everything forward. Number six, demonstrate initiative. Number seven. Number seven, add value to other people. Add value to other people. There's something really winsome, really attractive about those people who build morale. Those people who are so busy rowing the kayak, they're not trying to tip the kayak over. Hello? If we just got into the rhythm of rowing the outrigger, we might actually move this thing forward, right? Have you ever been to a kid's camp and seen kids get in a canoe for the first time? What happens? (laughs) They fall out. They go in circles. They go backwards. They do all kinds of stuff until they work out how to work together. And when they start working together, they can really start making some progress, right? When you build morale, you actually, within the context, your sporting context, your family context, right, your work environment, wherever it is that you're placed, whatever position you might be right now, if you start building other people up. If you start, and I'm going to slow down. Lloyd, I'm going to slow down because I'm speaking too fast. When you add value to other people, they find a way to add value to you. When you build other people up, when you take the initiative to go, you know what? The atmosphere in here is going to be better because I'm in the room. That's called confidence. Write it down. Write it down. He said, why don't people act like that? Well, sometimes we hold back because we lack confidence, because we've had some failures in our past, because someone's spoken about us negatively. We had a try and it didn't work out. I remember that story in the management book I read once about a guy who worked at IBM and he cost the company $20 million. He was called in to see the boss and he walked in in fear and trepidation and he said, I guess you're going to sack me. He said, well, why would I sack someone I just spent $20 million training? You might think you've got failures on the board, but Father sees that you tried. And if you refuse to give up, come on, Sandy, there's a shout in you here. If you refuse to give up, you're going to get there in the end, in the name of Jesus. I like what it says here in Ecclesiastes, sorry, in 1 Thessalonians, it says, chapter 5, verse 11, it says, encourage one another and build up on each other. That's why I love being in church. That's why I want you to come to church. So that you can build each other up. You can't be built up by one another if you're not in company with each other. You can't receive the building up. And even worse, you can't give out the building up. You can't be encouraged. You can't give encouragement if you don't put yourself into the community of what God's trying to build here at Destiny. So make church attendance a priority. Just just elbow your neighbor and say, I think he's preaching at you. Go ahead, tell somebody. Add value to other people. Build other people up. As you build other people up, guess what? If you help somebody else up a hill, you get closer to the top yourself. Keep building other people up. Build up your husband. Build up your wife. Build up your kids. Speak positively over people. You'd be astonished at the power that your words have. That's probably a good series. We ought to preach that one time. 
If you keep declaring the truth in most of, against a situation, right? Keep speaking to the mountain instead of about the mountain. Yeah? Build morale. I want people to go, here comes David. Not, not, here comes David. Who notices about Tiffany? Whenever you get around Tiffany, it's like suddenly you feel happier. Who doesn't know who Tiffany is? You're missing out. I'll introduce you. Because whenever I get around Tiffany, I find myself being more joyful. I find myself being more optimistic. You've got a great gift, Tiff. And we love you. We love you. You're amazing, right? You, you know, she's nervous and shy and doesn't want to be out there and doesn't want people to notice her. But boy, if you put yourself in her company, you just feel better. She builds up people's lives. I love that. What if we all took on that attitude? What if we all said, no matter what my marriage looks like right now, with God's help and my persistence, it could be better. Oh, come on, Ross. I reckon there's a cheer in you for that one. Amen. Let's add value to other people. Because if we add value to others, we'll find that value is being added to our life. You're most valuable where you add the most value. So be the kind of person, when you walk into the room, you're like someone who switches the light on and you illuminate, you illuminate the room. Not with that over the top, you know, you know those some people when you just go, would you please leave now? You're just way too happy. You know those, you know those fake people? Nobody in this church, of course. Somewhere else I was preaching. But let's just be real and authentic as believers, yeah? If you're going through a tough time, say it in a positive way. I'm facing my challenges with hope. That's good. I'm facing my challenges with dignity. It's hard right now, but I believe for a better day. With your help, I reckon I can get through this. That's a good attitude to have. Add value to other people. I tell you what, you'll get noticed and you'll start to rise. Wherever environment you're in, you'll start to rise. Number eight, here we go, accept responsibility. This is a difficult one. Accept responsibility. You see, the middle letter of child is I. And I doesn't want to accept responsibility. I just wants to have fun. I just wants to run around crazy and wild and just have no responsibility. That's what I want. But when you start to accept responsibility for your attitudes and your actions, you actually begin to move in the right direction and that direction is up. That direction is forward. Take responsibility for your choices. Accept it. Take it on the chin and go, I made a mistake. Sharon and I this week signed a, I actually was last week, we signed a contract on a property that we built in Mackay in a lifetime ago. And uh, we've had it for about, I don't know, 10 years. The reality is it was a bad choice. It was a bad decision. It was a step too far. And we've talked about it often. We've lamented about it. We've criticized ourselves so many times. We've gone, just... Just a bad decision. Just, we should never have done that. Yeah? But when you blame somebody else, you can never actually move forward. We took responsibility for action. And we asked God to help us. So this week we signed a contract, which has meant that we have not lost any money. Was it, a, was, it a, was it a victory? In that sense, yes. Because it's better than a $100,000 loss. Better than a $100,000 loss. Yeah? Take responsibility. Take responsibility for the choices and the attitudes that you have. Don't blame somebody else. You are where you are. I'm going to say this as gently as I can. Zia, are you ready? 
I'm going to say this as gently as, you can, as I can. We are where we are oftentimes because of the choices and the decisions that we've made. When you accept responsibility, and only when you accept responsibility, can you begin to move in the right direction, which is onward and upward to the glory of God. There's this one time, there's this one time in, um, in, in 1 Samuel chapter, chapter um, 1 Samuel chapter 15, where King Saul goes out, he's anointed by God, but he's, he's starting to really seriously fail. The kingdom is slipping away from him, right? He's getting into emotional, mental trouble, and he's just making poor leadership choices, poor leadership decisions. And, and Samuel comes along because he's been set out to do violence against the enemies of God. And when Samuel gets there, he says, have you done everything that God asks you to do? He says, oh, yes, we have. And then Samuel says, how come I can hear sheep and cattle bleating and lowing? What's this noise? And then, and then Saul goes, you know, some of the people wanted to keep those. Right there, you don't need to be a prophet to realize that kingship is slipping from him because he's not accepting responsibility for his actions. He's, not, he's blaming somebody else. The blame game will not build your marriage. It will not help your business. It will not establish God's kingdom. But when you get in front of the mirror and go, 99.9% of my problems are looking at me right now. And boy, you've got to change. You've got to get your stuff together. Yeah? When you accept responsibility for your attitudes and your behavior, guess what? You become the kind of person that another leader can build with. A boss can build with. A wife can have confidence in. A husband can have confidence in. Children can have confidence in. I'm going to take responsibility for what's happening in my life right now. I am where I am mostly because of the choices and the decisions that I have made. Well, how I've reacted and responded, that's a choice. You make me so angry. No, no, no. No one can make you angry. No one's got that power. Unless you surrender it to them, Sandy. Absolutely right. You take charge of your heart. You stay in charge of your spirit. You guard your inner man. Yeah? You keep, you keep like a guardian. Garrison your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. You set a guard around your mouth so that you're not polluting the environment with toxic words and bad attitudes. Yeah? Because God wants you to be positioned for influence. God wants you to be positioned for promotion. He wants you to rise. He doesn't want to see you slip back into the shadows. He wants you to stand up and shine. There's people here today and there's people listening to this broadcast and you are not where you were in God or in business or in your marriage where you, five, ten years ago. And God is actually saying to you, now is the time to start going in another direction. Now, go in a better direction. Start to believe, start to trust God that He wants you to move ahead on and up into His purpose because He's got something good in store for you. Do you believe that? Help me preach this by telling your neighbor, God's got something good in reserve for you. Go ahead, tell somebody today. Tell somebody today, God's got something good in reserve for you today. Amen, amen, amen. Now, Nehemiah was in a cushy job. Do you remember Nehemiah? He was a cupbearer to the king. He's in a cushy job. He's in a high civil position. Man, the superannuation policy he had was like 15%. He had it all laid on, right? He had it all laid on. And yet when he heard about the distress of God's people, he said, I can't live this high life of luxury. I've got to engage in the messy turmoil of God's business and God's people. 
and Elijah accept the responsibility. I like what Paul says to his, his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, God, what was given to you. God, what was put into your trust. God, what was handed to you to keep. Don't let go of the promises God's made to you. Don't let go of the words of prophecy God's spoken over you. Don't let go of your dreams. If you're still breathing, there's still a chance. Do you know how old Colonel Sanders was before he got his fried chicken on the road? He was an older man. He was an older man. Don't give up. Don't give up. Believe that God's got something good left yet for you. If you're still breathing, guess what? God's got purpose. Amen. Number eight, accept responsibility. Number nine, trying to finish. Number nine, build team spirit. Build team spirit. Yeah? Build team spirit. Whenever you get into an environment, you want to be the kind of person who goes, if that guy's going to the party, I want to be there. If that girl's going to be there, I want to play. You know? I was glad when they said to me, let's go. Let's go. I was excited when they said, hey, I want you to be part of our team. Come on, let's go. In this instance, they're on the way up to the temple. They're on the way to the house of the God. And they said, hey, can we pick you up? They just said, yeah, I want to be part of that. If you're that kind of person, guess what? You'll get noticed for the right, right way, the right, the right reasons. You'll draw the right kind of attention. That attraction will be there. People will notice you. Build team spirit. Boost morale. I've kind of already touched on this one, but let's just move on to, um, to number 10. Our worship team are returning to help us finish our service today. Number 10, be solution-oriented. Write that down. Be solution-oriented. See the problem. Yes, by all means. Can I just talk to all the analytical people here today? We need those analytical people. Sometimes they're called critical people. Not, not you. Not you. It's the guy in front of you. Not you. But we need those critical people to think critically. But if all they do is think critically and criticize, nothing happens. Nothing. We've got to be able to see in the Spirit the things that need to change and then be part of the answer that brings about the change. Be solution-oriented. Go to your boss with the problem. I'll wait till I get your attention back. Go to your boss with the problem and three solutions. Go to your boss with the problem, with the issue. This is the issue. Write it down. Take it to your boss. Propose three solutions and your best recommendation. I reckon we ought to do this. You will demonstrate to your employer that you're thinking about how to build their business. You'll demonstrate to the employer you've got initiative. You're solution-oriented. You're the kind of person, if I've got to lay somebody off, it's not you. If, I have, if things go into the down, if things start to res, in a recession, I'm not letting you go because you add too much value because you're thinking differently to me because you find solutions to problems that I didn't know we had. We'd be better around here if we did this. It's called being a 360-degree leader, being able to take solutions to your boss. If I'm just preaching to one person this morning, I'd like you to make some noise. I want you to take it to heart today. Take it to heart today. Because God doesn't want you to settle. He doesn't want you to stagnate. God's got a dream in His heart for you. You are an answer to someone's prayer. You don't even know it. Someone is crying out in their own captivity, and you are that answer. But if you won't stand up, if you won't shine, if you'll just go, you know what, I'm just going to cruise through this Christian life. Did Jesus die for that? 
Come on, I'm asking you. I'm asking you as your shepherd, did Jesus die for that? He wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you to be above and not beneath. He wants you to lend to many nations and have no need to borrow. That's the heart of God for us. You're a king's daughter. You're a king's son. You ought to stand with your head up high. Believe that the best is ahead of you. The possibilities are right there. That your life can change. The situation you find yourself in can change. That God will find a way to get to you if you just refuse to give up. And you make small changes that are positive, that are good, that are godly, that are wholesome. God will find a way to bring it to pass. Number 10, be solution-oriented. Don't be problem-focused. Find solutions. Look for a way to make it better. Look for a way. Imagine you're a boss and someone turns up and spends their money on your business to make your business better. Do you reckon you go home that night as the boss thinking, what? What was that? Why can't I get 10 more men like that? Show initiative. Be solution-oriented. Find a way to help everyone else win in your team. And God will ensure that you begin to rise in influence, in position, in opportunity, because that's God's will and purpose for your life. In Jesus' name. And somebody in the first row said. And somebody in the second row said. And somebody in the third row said. Someone in the fourth row said. Someone in the fifth row said. Someone in the back row said. Someone in the radio broadcast said. On the screen this morning are these six, these five points. Five points that we just preached about. These are the five points we shared this morning. Next slide. My question to you as we close our services, just take a moment. It's our custom here to reflect on these things that Holy Spirit is trying to shake you with this morning. Just trying to bring to your attention, which one of these needs to get into your toolbox? Which one of these things is Holy Spirit really saying, that's the next point for you to start working on in your life? I brought you here today to take that home and bring that refinement into your life. Just take a moment quietly. Just look at these thoughts we've shared together. It'd be an absolute tragedy if we took what God had spoken to us today and didn't mix it with faith, didn't mix it with positive action. We didn't put it into traction in our life. We didn't incarnate it and live this word out in our generation through this week? Which one of these five things is Holy Spirit just speaking to you about today? In Jesus' name. Write it down, circle it, underline it, go, that that helped me today. Let's nail that. Let's know that before we leave this building this morning in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're the God of all comfort, the God of all peace, The God that when He speaks, faith enters into our heart. Confidence returns. Hope begins to rise. Vision begins to germinate. Dreams come back to life. And I'm praying over this house. I'm praying over this church that, God, You will fan into flame the gift that was given to us by the laying on of hands, by the declaration of elders, Lord, by the proclamation of preachers, that the word of life that's spoken to us in our quiet prayer time, 
Lord, you would just bring it to pass, bring it to fruit, bring it to reality in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, let your peace just settle upon each heart, upon each life. May we go with joy. May we go with a sense of anticipation and victory. May we go knowing that we are not alone, but that, Father, you have purpose, that you have grace, that you've got what we need to win this week. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. God bless you, family.